This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio and U.S. Times. I'm speaking with Paul Babb, who is the head of worldwide marketing and the COO for the Americas of one of my favorite companies in the world, Cinema 4D. Hi, Paul. Hi, Serena. Thank you. You uh, are com- constantly surrounded by some of the most talented and creative people I've ever met. And I know you've got it in you, too. Tell me, tell me when you were a little kid, how did you figure out you were creative, and where did all this start for you? Uh, wow. I <laughs> way back. I took you way back. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's funny. I fell into the, this industry through um, uh, marketing and advertising, worked in the advertising industry. I, I uh, ran a couple of small companies. I, I did some marketing for Capital Records, and um, I was introduced to 3D through Electric Image. Um, by a, a friend who was an art director that I'd worked with for years through ad agencies. And I would say, going back to the kid thing, it it didn't occur to me till years later that it made so much sense because my mother was a painter and my father was actually a programmer. My father uh, got into program very early. He um, did some programming and did some work with Wells Fargo in San Francisco. And then he um, left there, he was uh, he he had actually programmed the accounting system for Rice Aroni. Oh my goodness! Go treat back in the <laughs> back in the early seventies when computers were really just getting you know started in businesses, um, and he had uh, yeah he literally from ground up built an accounting system for them, and he did that uh, again on a, another platform that that eventually died, uh, never never really took off. But um, so I think that. That combination of my uh, my mother being on the art side of it, my father being on the technical side of it, the the 3D industry and the the workflow just you know grokked to me, made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And you're you're really into um, I don't know if you still do it, but you're into theater, right? Do you also sing? You're because you're a very creative person yourself. Ah, uh, thank you. No, I, I don't I don't have time, uh, but I um I I have uh, throughout my life been involved in the theater. My wife and I were involved in the theater when we were in our 20s. Um, and, um, I have been, I, I still sit on the board of a, a small theater here in my area and try to help them out as much as possible because, um, in my early twenties, theater was the thing that kind of got me through college. Um, that was the, that was the, the spark that kept me going to classes and kept me finishing my degree and that type of thing. Uh, theater, yeah, the, but theater is a true love and, um, we still go on a regular occasion. And in the last 10 years, there have been a couple of occasions where I, I got roped into doing something and I say roped like it was a bad thing, but I did enjoy it. But mm-hmm. nowadays, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in Maxon. So there's not a lot of time for extracurricular activities. Oh my gosh. I can understand that. So they, they say that you are actually the person who is responsible for bringing Cinema 4D to the Americas. That was in like the late I, 90s? That was 96, 97. Yeah. I was introduced to cinema by a couple of artists that I knew in the industry. I had um, Electric Image had been purchased, and, and I had gone back into the advertising world and was freelancing, as I recall. And um, so a couple of people introduced me to the, the Cinema 4D, and I played around with it and got in contact with them. And I'm not sure how the impetus came, but one of the they contacted me and asked me if I would help them with a press release. I think was the first thing that I did for them, and then um, ultimately helped them uh, establish a presence at MacWorld in San Francisco back in '97, I think. And then uh, I had learned how to demo the product and and uh, met a lot of the people involved, and they invited me out to do a 
a trade show in Germany. And uh, at the, while I was at the trade show, they asked me if I would be interested in opening an office and starting a, you know, some representation out here in America. And yeah, so we started Maxon US in uh, October of 1998. Wow. Wow. And and now you're winning Academy Awards. Talk to me about MoGraph. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> well, I, I, I'd like to think that, that that our marketing of the tool and the and the the fact that we got the tool into the hands of the right people and the artists who have made uh, MoGraph what it is uh, really got the award. But the award was actually given to um, Per Anders Edwards, who was uh, was the programmer who initially started MoGraph. It's um, there's been a lot of other people and the and the entire team worked on it, but the initial concept was his. And MoGraph, for people who don't know, it is a procedural workflow for creating motion graphics and in 3D. And um, it's, uh, it has been often copied. Um, there, are, there, are, uh, there have been plugins and, and feature sets that have been built for other 3D packages that have tried to duplicate the, the workflow of MoGraph. But there's something about MoGraph in that it's, it's really fun to play with. I mean, you, you, can, you can clone objects and create hundreds of copies of an object and throw different effectors on them to animate them in different ways. And you can keep throwing things at it and watching it turn into something. And um, years ago, we had an artist at a trade show who, who showed us a, one of his workflows was to throw a, a, a piece of music that was inspiring him at the time for a particular project. And in MoGraph, you can actually use the frequency of music to move and change objects or change the clones um, in a in a MoGraph scene, and he showed us that 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 was you know, or he did a presentation on how he used that as as a way of starting his creation of things. And he would throw that music in there, throw uh, objects into it, and clone them, and then have them affected in different ways. And that that's how the the project would evolve. So MoGraph is a great content creation tool, but a, but a, for a lot of people, it's a a creative pro- helps the creative process in that they can play sort of a a, a playground for them. Isn't that important for creative people? We need to play, right? Oh, heck yeah. And I remember, I mean, I worked in ad agencies for years as a copywriter and art director and all that. And there are times when you're staring at the screen and um, uh, you're working on a, a, a concept for a client that wants, you know, the same thing. And you you got to keep on finding creative ways to deliver the same message. <laughs> yeah, anything that will spark that creativity is, is really helpful, absolutely. So there's a, there are a lot of people who are booked uh, at NAB in your booth. So think about the people that are in NAB. Are there any MoGraph-inspired projects or projects that use MoGraph extensively that you can think about that maybe I can point to when I post this? I can pull some visuals for it. Well, here's what I would say. You can go to c4dlive.com, mm-hmm. and we have listed all the artists who are going to be presenting at the show mm-hmm. and links to their work. I would say all of them have um, some motion graphics work in there, although I think – oh, wait. Now, Thomas is – there's a there's a, an artist that does a lot of um, uh, medical animation, Thomas uh, scientific Brown. animation. That, Thomas Brown, uh-huh, thank you. Uh-huh. Um, but you've got. Uh, we also have, which is really fine. We, you know, we have Beeple. Beeple's coming out, 
And he's actually going to do an every day, every day. Um, for those who, for, for those who don't know, uh, uh, people, he's he is the inventor and the you know the the pioneer of every days, and it was his way of uh, improving his skill. And if you, I think he's been doing every days for something like twelve years now, I know. without a missing a day. It's amazing, it's incredible. Yeah. It's so amazing. we actually we have enlisted him to do an every day. Every day at NAB. So he'll be actually literally going through and creating his every day and then posting it uh, during the show. Um, we he's have actually a, he's a, actually coming into the OWC radio booth on Wednesday at noon. We're going to interview oh, him. Yeah. He's a blast. You I know. Just have your... Have the, the, the button ready. He's he's uh, very colorful with his language. <laughs> you, you might want to have the beep the beep button ready for people. Well, you know how I first <laughs> noticed him. First of all, I'm I love I love looking at art on on the internet and how these these amazing people create weird stuff. And I I landed on him and I'm looking at this stuff and I'm thinking this is genius. And then I noticed that he was calling it beeple crap. <laughs> Excuse my yeah, language. Is and, his website. Yeah. And I, I thought. Um, <laughs> well, and, and also speaking of weird stuff, we've got Nick De, uh, Denbor coming, who is, is more uh, affectionately known in, on the internet as Smearballs. S M E A R Balls dot com, I believe it is, and he creates some of the wildest stuff. I'm really excited to see his workflow and see what kind of work he does. He does some in, some really incredible things. Um, we've got some of the you know some amazing motion graphics artists from companies like um, uh, Big Machine and um, uh, I think Handel Eugene, who's coming out, has done some work for Perception. Um, EJ, who's done stuff for his company, um, iDesign. Uh, of course, Nick comes out and does a lot of Nick Campbell from Grayscale Gorilla mm-hmm. is a big motion graphics guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Barton, of course, Barton Dahmer. We we uh, uh, talked about him before we started recording. Um, amazing company that he's formed already been chewed um he's doing some incredible work um out there and i and i i believe he just got back from africa on a trip where he actually went out and spent his time teaching cinema 4d and motion graphics to um, some schools out there which is just incredible and then of course we have the uh rock star of motion graphics also presenting in our show andrew kramer uh, from video copilot who is um incorporating cinema 4d more and more into his workflow and uh, the the um products that he provides out there so this is it's going to be a great lineup this year so looking at Everything that just just the presenters, even if you, if you think of the whole Cinema 4D world, I can't imagine there's a film or a television show or a commercial company that hasn't at one point in time done something wonderful with what you guys have created. You've got to be awfully, awfully, awfully proud of that. I am. I am. And, you know, that's one of those things. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting to that age where I do look back at life and I, you know, I think I, you know, I've. Um, uh, bringing Cinema 4D over here and, and um, incorporating into people's workflow, and, and I'm, I'm mostly moved by the work that people do with it. I'm, I'm always, I'm always saying, I've probably said it a million times in every interview, is, is I, I find the painting far more interesting than the paintbrush. So we, I, we go out of our way to promote the work that our artists do instead of you know talking about the features of cinema because the, the, the artwork is just so so much more interesting and to even have 
you know, influence that in the tiniest of ways <laughs> by, yeah. by, you know, getting involved and in, in trying to build a community and, and get people involved is, is, yes, I'm incredibly proud of that. You know, I'm incredibly proud of our community. Barton told me a story that when he was first starting out, he ran across the software and he started playing with it. And I guess he did something that you noticed and you actually took the time to contact him in person and tell him you thought it was wonderful. And that threw him on a path in his life that, I mean, my goodness, look where it's come. He, he does incredible things. So you've mentored a yeah, lot he, of people. Yeah, he's one of the top, yeah, he's one of the top guys in the industry. I mean, you look at his work for Nike and, and, um, and some of the music videos that, I mean, he's, he was a, he was a print guy. He was a Photoshop guy. He mm -hmm. was doing print work and he had started incorporating, creating 3d elements that he was utilizing in his print work. And it was beautiful. I mean, just gorgeous work and, and seeing what he was doing. And I, you know, I also ca called him to thank him. He had, had done a, I think it was a tutorial for 3d world magazine and um, he had incorporated cinema into it. So it was also, you know, thanking him for, you know, for adding cinema 4d into the workflow. But um, yeah, he is, he has mentioned that to me before, and I'm I'm extremely touched and extremely honored that he would think think that because I think he's just one of the best guys out there, artists out there. He has built an incredible company, and I'm so jealous of his office space. Go to his website and look at his office space. I look at that and go, what a showpiece! He's just it's just gorgeous. Seriously, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to great. do that. I didn't notice his office. I was so busy looking at all the wonderful things he's creating with Cinema 4D. So well, he and he built this. Uh, he bought this old historic building in Texas, and he just it's it's, it's an art piece. I mean, the, his office in and of itself is a piece of art, let wow. alone the work that they do. So, well, he did say a lot of people think he's in L.A. or New York, but he's really in Texas. I guess these days it doesn't really matter. You can telecommute anywhere and handle clients all over the world, which he's doing. So that's yeah, we're seeing that more and more. Um, I mean, we're actually experiencing it quite a bit here now since the the um, globalization of Maxon, where we're now, um, I spend, mo my, my days begin very early because uh, we're, we've now um, sort of uh, merged our teams. And so the, the with the marketing team over in Germany, um, I'm, you know, the only time I can speak to them is first thing in the morning when mm -hmm. their day is ending. So, so from 7am to 10am every day, our, my day is, is pretty full. And um, it's, um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting concept, but it's, you know, there's, we're seeing more and more of that, and, and and our team has become very virtual. I know our development team is is all over the place, and and now our marketing team is is getting to be that as well as well. Sales is always that way, but um, we're seeing a we're seeing a lot of virtualization of our workflow. So, for people listening to this who want to know, where do you see three D going? What are some of the new trends that you see gaining momentum? AR, I think, is one of the AR and VR, um, the um, use of, you know, producing uh, interactive real-time content through Unity and Unreal is becoming a, a, there's a big push in that area. I was at the the uh, sports graphics conference um, in um, New York in uh, last month, and uh, all the broadcasters are talking about that. How can they incorporate interactivity? How can they, you know, uh, produce some real-time content, um, not just canned real-time content, but actually real-time content. Um, and everybody seems to be talking a lot about that. Um, there's a big, NAB has a big eSports section mm -hmm. that, they're, that they're promoting this year, which looks fairly interesting. Mm -hmm. um, 
I see that I, you know, that real time uh, create content creation is going to be a big deal in the next few years. Everybody, you can feel it. Everybody's pushing towards it and everybody's, uh, you know, wanting to get their hands on it. So it's going to be, that's going to be an interesting, um, uh, interesting ride. But again, it's for me, I just believe it's another medium. Um, All these artists that we're talking about can easily create content for AR, VR, MR, you know, this is, um, it's, it is something that is going to um, just start to permeate our world. That's all. So did you just release a service pack? Did I hear something about that? A new service pack? Well, yeah, I'm not. Uh, service pack is interesting. The service packs are more a lot of fixes, a lot of, you know, enhancements, speed ups, mm-hmm. um, you know, little things that, that get touched and felt along the way. Um that's more along the lines of, you know, fixes, but okay, uh, so we're we still don't... shipping release 20. Release 20 is our, you know, is the is the uh, sort of upgrade one that we're talking about, which, you know, had some really nice features. Um, the, you know, the use of fields for MoGraph, which is a huge boost in MoGraph workflow. Um, I'd say one of the interesting ones that has come out is one of the most, one of the most popular features is our new CAD import. Um, it's, uh, you know, we saw it more as something for, you know, architects, engineers, and things like that, but it seems to have been a great workflow and uh, improver for a lot of motion graphics artists as well, because a lot of them go out there and trying to get something done quick, don't want to have to model that battleship, and they go find it online and um, maybe can't find it in the right format, and this, this, this new CAD importer does a great job of converting geometry to something usable into Cinema 4D, which is great. Wow. I worked on a television series about 10 years ago where they were building custom motorcycles. And Woofy, one of the stars, was on CAD, but he was doing it on DOS. <laughs> he would go into he was he would go into his office and he would just chain smoke and you would see the smoke coming out from under the door. And then he would come out and he would have created this amazing design just from MS-DOS. I don't even know how old that computer was. I think he would have loved Cinema 4D. But, uh, my goodness. So talk about some of the other new new features of Cinema 4D. Uh, for R20, I'd say, let's see, uh, node-based materials, which is um, something that people have been asking for. It's the obviously the first stage of node-based materials for Cinema 4D. And uh, um, that you know, there's already been a lot of people asking about can we, you know, when can those be utilized with third-party rendering engines? And of course, that's something that you know we have to move towards uh, improvements with. Uh, oh, I know. What am I thinking of? Volume modeling. Volume modeling is just one of the most amazing. Another one of those MoGraphy really fun tools to work with. Volume modeling is basically you can toss objects into a, a group and move them around and imagine if you had a large plastic sheet you know that was completely in you know big plastic sphere and you could throw objects into there and move the objects and push and pull them to create models it's um it's really fun to play with creates great geometry and it's one of those things where you can create interesting things very quickly um that has been uh, one of those tools that people have been raving about as well how about in rendering? Anything new in rendering? There were a lot of uh, uh, new features added to uh, our uh, ProRender, mm-hmm. the implementation of ProRender. Um, there was some, let's see, subsurface scattering was added to that, uh, some motion blur, depth of field, multi-pass rendering. Um, 
a lot of a lot of little um, little features for for pro renders, shadow catchers, and and Ooh. that type of thing. A lot of a uh, lot of great little features because pro render is one of those things that's just been you know you know being being developed, but it's a it became a much more usable solution within Cinema 4D and R20. I think Barton. I'll have to double check to make sure, but I think Barton was talking about the new features um, in materials that were helping him with his New Balance spot that he just did. Yes, probably the node-based materials. Uh-huh. I know he's also been using, he probably uses third-party rendering engines. I think he's been using um, either Redshift or Octane in his workflow as well, which tends to be one of the popular things among our crowd, mm-hmm. those two in particular. Well, you know, you think about, oh, what about body paint? We should talk about body paint 3D for a second too, right? Well, body paints, it's still in there. It has not been updated in a while. Okay. Um, I know that it's something that's been in discussion. Um, certainly, you know, the, the, the hand painting of textures is, is not as, uh, you know, is not as widely used. You know, for adding detail and things like that, it's great. Um, most people are, you know, are, artists are diving into procedural textures and, and things that they can do quickly. Um, body paint is that thing you can open up really quick to add some, some details to, you know, quickly fix, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of texture errors and things like that. Well, I was looking at his new, uh, Barton's, I mean, his uh, new balance spot and the details of, I, I honestly thought that some of that was live action. That's how realistic it was. Yeah. I felt like an idiot. I said, oh, my God, look at that shot and the way it's lit. You, and you integrated it so well. He said, it's all CG. Every single bit of it is CG. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's getting harder and harder to tell. I mean, there's, you know, you know artists of quality, that's, that's, that is so hard to tell. Well, I think Cinema D is not just the engine. It's really the whole train, isn't it? I can't imagine what could possibly compete with what you have. You've got to be so, so proud. Um, I'm looking. We are. <laughs> but remember, it's the it's the artist, not the tool. I mean, you can, you know, uh, you know, if you sat next to Da Vinci and he taught you how to paint the Mona Lisa, you know, you know, and you had did that for a thousand people, none of them would look the same. And so it's kind of the same thing, you know. Cinema 4D is a great tool, and it does facilitate some incredible art. But ultimately, it's the artist creating that work. Yeah, I think no matter what he would do with me, it would look like paint by numbers if I got hold of it. Sorry about well, that. I think, I, think, I, think, I think Barton could bang two rocks together and make something look pretty. He really could. And, you know, I'm, I'm really going to enjoy uh, what Beeple's going to do every day at NAB. And uh, we'll get him in the booth Wednesday at noon. And... Um, and we'll see what we can talk about there. I'm looking forward to it. Paul, I'll, I'm going to stop by the booth. Are you still going to be going strong on Thursday, or when is this all going to happen? We, Yeah, I, I'm there from, from beginning to end for the entire show. Okay. Don't, don't miss a moment. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be nice to see you. I'll come by on Thursday, and I really would encourage. What booth are you in? We are in uh, self-lower, uh, 6324. And for those people who can't get to the show, we are streaming those presentations live on c4dlive.com. Okay, so go to, if you're not at NAB, go to c4dlive.com. If you are at NAB, you've got to go by the Maxon booth, South Lower, 6324. Um, Paul, thank you. I know you're really swamped getting ready for NAB. I appreciate you taking the time, and I will see you in about, what is it now, a week from now? Almost. A week from Monday. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, travel safe. Uh, Nice to talk to you again, and we'll talk again soon.
Thanks, Serena. This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. I've been speaking with Paul Babb, who is the head of worldwide marketing and the COO for the Americas of Maxon, and one of the uh, people responsible for bringing Cinema 4D into our side of the world. Thanks for everything. And everyone, you know what I tell you. Get up off your chair and go do something wonderful today. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening.